You're listening to The Pedestal from Mike on Much, presented by Much Studios. Welcome to The Pedestal. I am your host, Mike Veerman, and I am here with our pop culture aficionado on our other podcast, Mike on Much, Shane Cunningham. Shane, what's up? Populous is six foot five and immense a member. Why talk about me? <laughs> That's true. Why do wow. we talk about you? Right off we the bat. Thank also you have Jonathan Ugh. Populous with us, Hello. our beloved Jonathan, <laughs> award winning producer, writer, director, Mensa member. Oh, God. Yes. Hello. Nice to see you guys. Stop it, guys. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> oh, boy. You guys mentioned I was a Mensa member, right? You okay. <laughs> We're jealous, Johnny. You know that. Jealous. I wish I could bust that shit out at a party. <sighs> All right, listeners. Trusty, trusty, beloved listeners, uh, today we are doing a, a, a movie that is, you know, means a lot to a lot of people. That's what we try to do on this podcast, The Pedestal. This one is called Coming to America, and it is starring Eddie Murphy at arguably his apex of fame and popularity. This movie, for some context, came out in 1988, and I will say this, the top five grossing movies of 1988 were, starting at five, Twins. Oh, yeah. Twins. Number four, Big. That movie is a weird movie. I haven't watched it in a while. If you watch it recently, it is a weird fucking movie. Well, because... Could be a candidate. It deals with controversial, like, kind of pedophilia area, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, I mean, she... (laughs) She doesn't know that she's sleeping... But she is. Oh, she she does know. She... I'm just saying, but I'm saying, in the end, she ultimately is banging a 13-year-old boy. But after she knows, does she fuck him? No. Oh, okay. She keeps it PG thirteen. I think she that? just sort of her life Over is the shattered. Pants. I think it's more that <laughs> heavy she just, betting. It's just like the rest of her life is telling her therapist that she because she finds out. Anyways, ah, it's just really fucked up. That's all. Similar well, times, man. <laughs> fourth, Similar times. <laughs> fourth highest grossing uh, film of nineteen eighty eight. The third highest grossing film of nineteen eighty eight is the one we're talking about today, Coming, Coming to America, America. Wow. Uh, which made two hundred eighty eight million dollars on Jesus. a thirty nine million dollar budget. <laughs> Was big the grossest film of nineteen eighty eight? I just made that joke. Oh, you subtly. did? Sorry, sorry. I'm fucking tired. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered why there was no eruption of laughter. <laughs> I said something, guys. <laughs> the number two, somewhat surprising for me, uh, highest grossing film of nineteen eighty eight. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Really? Yeah. I always assumed it was uh, under the radar. Me I mean, too. it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Well, I think of it as like this kind of weird cult experiment yeah. that we find, you know, is this sort of the uh, film that we're into. And then the number one film. Top Gun. No, but a Tom Cruise film. Why not take some guesses? Ooh. Not all the right moves. No. Tom. Oh, Risky Business. Then. No. Yes. What? 1988? 1988. God, what was he doing in 88? I don't think you guys are going to get it. It's not. Oh, Legend? No. Okay, I'm gonna was get it, it. Was it uh, Thunder? Is it three? Was it the is racing it, one? No, nope. Days Thun- of Thunder. Not Days of Thunder. Thunder. Is it three letters? Nope. Two letters. Two, two letters. letters. Sorry, two two words. <laughs> two. Jerry Maguire. Came <laughs> <laughs> I think that was '95. No. Okay. God, just tell me now. Oh, I just no, want to know. Fuck, give me a little hint. Uh, his co-star was nominated and possibly won the Oscar. Oh, Rain Man. There you go. Boom. Number one grossing oh, film of 1988 uh, is Rain Man. Wow, Rain Man was top grossing as well. Yes. God. Yes, and Dustin Hoffman uh, was mm. in it, so it was a very touchy-feely film. Oh, boy. Uh, too soon? Too soon. So, moving on. Those are the top five grossing films of 1988. Like I said, Coming to America, huge hit, $288 million on a $39 million budget. Uh, and this is Eddie, like I said, uh, at his apex. Apex Eddie, So is sure. this pre-Beverly uh, Hills Cop? Post. Post. Yeah. Like, he had made 48 hours in Beverly Hills Cop. He's, right? he's a rock star at this point. Like, he's yeah. like a bonus. This is like Jim Carrey in uh, 
What's Liar Liar? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, even like Eddie Murphy was like, he's like running Hollywood at this point. I don't think he was he's like, like 20 million a film, yeah. <laughs> but he was at that level where if they had given that out at that time, like when you know when Jim Carrey's like, he's the he's you know this yeah, was yeah, where yeah. Eddie was. Cool. Um, and yeah, well, we'll get to some of that later. But uh, first of all, who saw this at the time or was it a part of your childhood? 88 was obviously too early for a lot of us to see this in the theater. Uh, but this was a film that was a part of, of my movie rotation as a kid. My dad really liked this movie. So my brother and I were exposed to this film uh, quite often as as kids. So I have a, a relationship with it from when I was younger. Do you guys as well? Oh, Johnny? yeah. Big yeah? time. It's one of the earliest movies I've I've seen. Me and my cousins watched it like... Once a week, every week. Yeah, I, I could probably quote the entire movie by the time I was thirteen. Yeah, it was. Yeah, absolutely was played on heavy rotation. Like the I, the the hippopotamus shit and rhinoceros pizzle jokes made <laughs> had huge heavy rotation amongst us. And my uh, yeah, I can visualize the VHS. You know, and oh yeah, the royal highness, the, the the royal penis is clean, your highness. Oh god. The royal penis is clean, your highness. Yeah, it was such a classic uh, line. I was just gonna say that. That's funny maybe it was for a lot of people but that line really stuck in my head as like the most sexual like crazy thing in the world and i just thought oh that's like awesome being an adult like that having these women wash your penis <laughs> wash your penis like i remember <laughs> that's like, what adulthood is it was like no i just was like yeah. wow this guy's living a life because at my young age when i saw it i just thought that was like the peak fantasy right yeah yeah and and especially like when eddie refers to it in the film later on that uh, he actually likes that part. I was like, oh, of all the luxuries that he hates, that's one of the things. He's that was such to. a funny joke that the callback is like, well, that part, you know. And washing his hair in the berries, that was another young dream of mine. I was like, oh, I'm going to be so rich one day. I'm going to wash my hair in berries. Man, that ain't nothing but ultra perm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could afford that now. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, but. You, you should know. use ultra perm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, uh, well, and obviously it's, there's nudity, right? That, like within right the away. first five minutes yeah. of the movie, there's nudity. And when you're young, you're like, holy crap. And it's innocuous nudity, right? There's mm. not really anything sexual yeah. going on. There's I was in the hot uh, tub. coming in Canada watching that film. Very nice. <laughs> it's been sitting on that joke for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's the grossest movie in any <laughs> Um, so, uh, okay. So f I loved this movie when I was younger. Uh, but I will say I'd forgotten for a movie that I watched so much when I was probably 13 or 12 or whatever I was, I didn't touch it again for decades. So, I remembered a lot of parts, but I forgot a lot about it. But I, at the time, it was a top rotation movie that me and my brother loved, that we quoted, that we thought was hilarious. I've watched it consistently throughout my entire, like, to the point that I was uh, even telling Shane, when I went to watch it on Netflix, it had said, like, remaining time, because I clearly had been watching it so recently that it, the Netflix, still, Netflix still remembered that I was watching it. Yeah. Like, I, my whole life, high school. Uh, we, this there was, was a, on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, I rented it for four ninety nine. Oh, I was Eat gonna it. send a text too. I always check the three th I check like the uh, Netflix, the other thing. Netflix, I own it as well. I just have Oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> well I and, yeah, and like, sorry. I, I, I should we should text when we know it's on yeah. Netflix. Yes, we should. Should be in our group text. Yeah. But yeah, in in high school, the in uh, I used to yell in the face in class like all the time <laughs> for no reason. Um, Shaney, thoughts on it at the time. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. I, I did as a child constantly mix it up with trading places. Yep. I understand uh, that. And did you guys catch the connection in this with Trading Places? Oh, yeah. With Donamichi? the, uh, yeah, Mortimer and, uh, mm -hmm. I can't remember the other guy's name. I knew it was something. Oliver? But when I was younger, I didn't get that joke at all. Like, oh, I just, I, it, I didn't make that connection in my 100 head, 100% right? didn't. 
Randolph and Mortimer. Randolph. I, Randolph. That's right. But because I'd recently watched Trading Places, uh, like on the movie network, it came on and I ended up sitting through it. And I was explaining it to my wife. I'm like, this was a big movie at the time and blah, blah, blah. And so those guys were in my mind. So when they jumped in, like in my notes, I have it like Randolph and Mortimer from Trading like Places with a bunch of exclamation points. They're like funny. sister film. Like he, like John Landis directed That's both right. of them. And, and I just like the sort of shared universe of yeah. like the idea that Eddie Murphy, the the sort of like hustler yeah. from Trading Places, lives in the same universe Akeem. as the, the Akeem, the prince. And Randy Watson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you enjoyed it. You remember having fond memories of it? Yeah, but I do. I can see how you'd mix those up because they're very similar. Like tonally, uh, obviously plots are very different, but a lot of both just, place in New York. Eddie Murphy being his, yeah. like, I loved all the McDowell stuff when I was young. Yes. I, it made me want to work at a McDonald's. It seemed fun. Yeah. It seemed like I'd fall in love at McDonald's. Like I was, I really thought it was like the perfect film. Yeah. So at the time, all three of us really enjoyed this. So we all have a soft spot for it. Absolutely. Okay, well, I mean, there's not much more to say there. Maybe it's time to uh, make the case for keeping it on the pedestal. What did we like? What was the best scene? What was the best performance? I guess we'll start with the things that we enjoyed about this film. Johnny, you look like you're chomping at sure, the bit. Sure, no, I was going to point to one of you because I have, uh, like, ev- like, every scene to me is a cl- This is, the, to me, is one of the funniest movies of all time. Like, and, and I feel like every scene is a classic. Yeah, one of the really great things about this it's shockingly good is the for the time period especially even for now is the prosthetics and i would not have known that was eddie murphy as the white jewish man yeah. all right i'll taste the soup where's the spoon aha aha he in that makeup Spent like a whole day just walking around the studio to see if, to trick people to see if anyone would know it's him because it's talking so- as Eddie Murphy too. He wasn't. Uh, this is yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't even talking as yeah. the white Jewish. And I totally man. believe. It. Yeah, and people would not believe that it was him. I rewatched yeah. when I, in this last rewatch. I rewatched that last the spoon scene, the 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 the, the soup joke twice. Just to really like look. I'm like I'm like pausing. I'm like, is it? But no, it's like perfect. It's per- you wouldn't if you would never know otherwise. Yeah, like, it's How- pretty mind blowing. How good he was at imitations and, and yeah. harnessing all those characters. Absolutely. And it must have been time consuming to put all that stuff in. It's not super necessary to do that. No. And then he made a career of doing these yeah. unnecessary it wasn't like con- This yeah. was the first of those. This is when people were like, yeah. oh, we need to God, utilize the- Eddie because he can bury himself in these characters. He can become these people. So why the hell don't, you know, and he seemed to really get a kick out of being other people, right? And, I forgot Arsenio Hall also did that in this mm-hmm. film. That's right. He was the other guy doing all those multiple roles. Has he been in any other notable films? Because he's an underrated actor. I completely agree. I have in my notes how good Arsenio is in this movie. Yeah. What else has he been in? That's what I mean. All That's I know him as like I kind of a cheesy bad in another. Show. Yes. Yeah, God, I don't know. That's a great point. I never... well, 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 was he a stand-up? Is that kind of how he knows? Or he is he just an entertain? Like, is he... Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know. I don't know the the, the history of it. Because he, he is incredible given, yeah. in this movie. He's oh, yeah. definitely an Eddie guy, though, right? Like they've mm-hmm. like you know how like Chris Rock's kind of like an Eddie oppressor. Like I think in the eighties, Arsenio was one of those guys that Eddie's like this, like Charles Barkley to Michael Jordan, right, right, right. Ways, you know. Uh, like, and who? Okay, who was the other guy in the barbershop? I could not figure that out. The third guy. Yeah. They, they credited him at the end, and I didn't. Yeah, the one, somebody. Clint. Man, you ain't never met Martin Luther the King. Clint <laughs> Thompson <laughs> or something. Yes, I yeah. did. No, you did not. 
when they were doing the whole bit about uh, Rocky uh, Marciano and uh, Cassius Clay and all that <laughs> stuff, that was funny. Mama Calm Clay, Mama yeah. Calm Clay. That's another one. Like every, I feel like I quote this movie like or more like, than any other movie. And he's like, he beat Joe Lewis. Was that it? And he's like, Joe Lewis he came be, in. He beat Joe Lewis. Is he's like <laughs> Joe Lewis right. old? He's like he was 125 years old or whatever. <laughs> one time, Frank Sinatra sitting in this chair in between. Frank Sinatra between you and me. You know Joe Lewis? How old is Joe Lewis? You know what Frank told me? He said, Hey, Joe Lewis, 137 years old. 137 years old. Oh man, you ain't never meet no Frank Sinatra. <laughs> man, you ain't never met no Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I uh, I love so obviously like the the I think the most powerful element of comedy if you've watched a million movies and you think you can anticipate stuff is surprise. That's the best stuff in comedy. And I had completely blanked out the scene uh, what, what you were talking about where they have you know the 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 potential princess is coming. They have the big dance and then his dude comes out the uh, the bigger guy and you think he's going to announce someone and then he just starts singing this soulful tune. She's your queen to be. I watched yeah. that fucking scene three times. I was laughing so hard. Danica was like, what is going on in that room? And I, I had, to, I taped it. Like I put it on my Instagram story because I enjoyed it so much, but mm -hmm. I, I didn't want to ruin it for anybody. Yeah, like the sec when that part happened and it happens fairly early yeah. in the film, I was like, this is going to be fun. I was just, and I don't laugh, especially if, I'm not around people. I was howling at that part. So yeah. you messaged me, don't look at my Instagram. I did. <laughs> I did. But the second I saw oh, that, I so didn't good. even need to see your Instagram story. I'm like, this is right up my alley. And this is certainly up Mike's alley. <laughs> I know this is on. So I had to just to satiate my curiosity, check it out. And I was right. But yeah. that's when he's done the song, hilarious. just deadpans like, because he's not even oh. really into it. He's just doing it as a task. Totally. Well, oh, that's so role. Good. It was perfect. It was, it was the, perfect. One of the best jokes I've seen in the longest time. Well, this movie, I mean, and John Landis deserves a lot of credit because he's kind of like, there's so many movies that he's done and there's so much attention to detail. So for instance, like when he, when Eddie has, you know, he's talking to the potential princess and he's like, you know, bark like a dog, do all this stuff. And then she leaves the room and the door opens, like the guard salutes, like little things like that that yep. seem absurd. And then, like, oh, when it's time to shut the door, like, salute down and shuts the door. Little touches like that are just comedy. Like, they're mm -hmm. comedy in those moments. And you yeah, you absolutely. see it in things like Blues Brothers. There's just little attention to detail stuff mm -hmm. that I always wonder. It's like, on set, is he just always like, oh, add that. Like, that's funny. I was funny. thinking that the entire time. That's and even think. keeping the audio going the entire way. It wasn't when like we a cartoon. Kids, house. Yes. Yeah. made us laugh so hard that she's like, ooh, ooh. Like, she's still going yeah. the whole way down. Oh, yeah. 100%. Brilliant. So many layers. You're so right. It just keeps layers and layers and layers. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things, too, like we talk about best performances. There's a lot of good performances in this film, but Eddie is so damn charismatic. Like, 100%. Like, well, when he's talking to the princess, he, he gives a little look to the camera. Yeah, that's you know, the greatest. He, he breaks the fourth wall. At which part? Uh, when he barked like a dog. Yeah. And he oh, looks at us I like, see. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he looks at the camera like at the audience yeah. like, you know, there's just something. And by the way, this is his story. You know, mm -hmm. he didn't he didn't write the screenplay, but it's like story by Eddie Murphy right yep. off the top. And it's like, man, it's like, I don't know. It's interesting that like what Eddie wants to touch on, you know, because if you guys have seen Raw, he talks a lot about, you know, Johnny Carson having trouble finding wives and then having to give half his money to wives. And the idea of like, you know, because Eddie came from somewhat humble beginnings right. and then he became a superstar. Mm -hmm. I think he was always fascinated by the idea of finding love for love and not who you are. So it's interesting in my mind, his psychology for to a story about a guy that's this wealthy prince 
who nobody knows oh, who he is. That's very interesting. The idea, yeah, like wouldn't it be great if I could go somewhere where no one knows who I am and you only, it's not even, maybe even, not even like romantic love, but you like me for me. Exactly. That's a really good point. That's interesting. It's interesting to me that that's his, like his story. That must have been where he was, lived the bubble. He's like, like Hard Day's Night style. Or exactly. Like, like the idea of the bubble is so crazy. Like is it's there a, a it's a fantasy for him. Yeah. Weirdly, the guy that creates the story, the fantasy isn't the your your royal penis is clean, your highness. It's, the fantasy is being anonymous and working at a McDonald's and no one yeah. knowing that yeah. you've well, got all you this always, money. The idea is you always take for granted what you have, right? And you yeah. want that thing you don't. Mm-hmm. Totally. But I thought it was really admirable, too, that Eddie Murphy, this is pretty easy to overdo that African thing. Yeah. He played it real. Yeah. Like, I felt oh, yeah. like he was not doing this as, like, a stupid sketch. And I believed it, which added to the comedy, I thought, in a lot of the humor parts, because it felt like a realistic totally. character. His well, character had a lot of humor. Like, humanity. I got lost. I, I forgot it was Eddie. I'm just like, oh, this is like an innocent guy, almost like Arnold in the movie Twins. Yep, yep. Like, he's not dumb. He just has- He's uh, innocent. He's innocent and has good moral values, because he hasn't been jaded by the world, right? Like, watch, yeah. watching this movie- That's a good point. The, like, like I, I love this is another reason why I love this podcast. I get to rewatch these movies with like a real critical eye yeah. and real, and not just kind of throw it. Like I rem- I can't remember the last time I watched this movie where I didn't start it at starting in New York, just because that's where the real like shenanigans start. And it's and it's so interesting that he that like this movie must mean so much to black people now. In that this is a a, a lead that is like an educated, articulate, smart, like he's well-spoken. He's the, always the smartest guy in the room. And I, like, if you look at the other parts that like Eddie had to play, like up to, I'm sure he, he insisted like this, like, this matters. Like I, I was looking through, I was like, am I correct about this? And I found a bunch of quotes from lots of different like, like scholars and people. And, and there was a great quote from this woman who, uh, who was a founder of this company called Black MBA Women. And she goes, coming to America was the first portrayal of wealthy Africans royalty that I had ever seen. Most of the actors are African-American, but there was such dignity, grace, and pride with which they carried themselves. Before this, I had only seen Africans as slaves or white actors playing Egyptians. Like it's, it means a lot like that this movie, like it's not just slapstick comedy. That's what I mean. Like it actually, there is something to it. Well, here's the, here's the kind of greatest move that this movie pulls when i watched it as a kid and even when i watch it now i don't think oh i'm watching a black movie about black people i'm just watching a movie about people it's amazing and class and pride and all these things and you're just into it like it's not like it feels very populous and you know they always say you find the universal and the specific like there's things going on in this movie that don't that that cross all sort of like uh, I think like race lines for me, but mm-hmm. you know that's easy to say, and I can only imagine if you're somebody that feels really represented on screen. And mm-hmm. the McDowell family is this sort of like family where the you know McDowell made his own fortune. He's got his daughters now, yeah. and even an underrated performance the, the sister, the kind of like yeah, the, yeah the Jan great. Brady. Yeah. That's like <laughs> dad was great too. He was phenomenal. Yeah. You know, uh, you mentioned like you mentioned what this movie means <laughs> to black people and the, influ- the influence it has. I had a question. Do you guys uh, catch that scene where Louis Anderson? Mm-hmm. Uh, they come out and they're mopping the Kanye the, song. the Kanye song, yeah. See, I'm washing lettuce. Soon I'll be on fries, then the grill. A year or two, I make assistant manager. And that's where the big bucks start rolling in. That's clearly what that lyric's from, yes, right? Yeah. One day it's the floors, next day it's the fries? Yeah. yeah. Because it's from Louis uh, Anderson yeah. saying, oh, the floors, I was on that, and now I'm cleaning lettuce, and tomorrow will be the fries. I'll be on yeah. fries. Yeah. And I'm like, because it's such a specific I didn't notice it. I read it. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, I caught it in the That's moment. Good. I go, 
Whoa. I hadn't known. I, I must have read it. I didn't point. know. I was just like language wise. That's so specific. Yeah. It has to be from this movie. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't read. Yeah. That. That's very observant. Yeah. yeah. Wait, did, and did you say the website was called Black NBA Women? Black MBA. Like MBA. Okay. M. Like Molly. MBA. MBA Women. Okay. That's just in your bookmarks. Yeah. Oh yeah. I read it every day. Homepage. Um. I really liked uh, the woman that Eddie falls in love with. Because yeah. I always like it in a movie when I fall in love with the woman too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in love with that woman. She was amazing. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. Where does that woman go? How does she not have a career? How do I, I thought that. Great question. How do I not know that yeah. actress's name? Was she, like... Did she not do something with Harvey? Like what? <laughs> like what happened? Oh, yeah. Wow. No, but, but I'm agree. seriously. If men She's are amazing. doing this, maybe she, she, she just, was so good, yeah. and beautiful, and and she and she had such screen presence and toe to toe with the biggest actor in the world at the time, and yeah. quote, and it never felt like he was overshadowing her ever. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that while watching it. I'm like, where like where did she go? I'm predicting she's dead. She, that's the only way. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm looking it up right now. I bet you she died tragically. Oh, you boy. guys continue. I'm still listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I bought that she would fall in love with the Eddie character or be intrigued by him because yeah. she they set her up as this, you know, she is a bit of this like kind of like perfect movie altruistic pixie. But yes. the truth is, I believe that character would fall in love with somebody for his for, for his character. Who did Eric de la Salle remind you of? Oh, uh, Lionel Richie. Yes. But do you know, he also reminded me of Drake. In the way he was, oh, in his humor. Sort of, yeah, I, can see I that. felt I can like see it was Drake it. Yeah, in a yeah, skit yeah. the entire time, I like watching it. SNL. When he first came on screen, I was like, Lionel. Like, <laughs> by the way, like everybody's good. Eric LaSalle played it oh, well. He like was great. he was great. Yeah. Uh, the, the, this is my first thought when I was watching, especially in that opening, like uh, sweeping panning shot of coming uh, uh, up up to up to Zamunda. Yep, that they depict Africa as like a paradise. Yeah, it's this amazing, beautiful place, and there's and, uh, and 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 there's royalty and huge weddings, and it's just beautiful. Well, it's, and yeah. then they go to New York, and New York is just a fucking shithole. <laughs> like it's just like it's well, just, Queens is. But I'm saying it's always depicted mean. from top to bottom as just this horrible place. And like the first person they encounter, who's the first white guy in the movie, is the cabbie who comes out and goes. <laughs> Love that part, and then and even and Akeem is so like, like he doesn't even know what it means. Like that's how that's how beneath the idea of calling someone a dumb fuck. He's like, what does dumb fuck mean? Like he just yeah. The fish out of water stuff really works, but it's and and I guess that is essentially what the what this movie is. But it just feels like more than that. And, and to your point about you know when those opening scenes, watching it now in in 2017 with context, I was like. Okay, like I'm kind of looking for reasons to be like, is this stereotypical? Is this kind of weird? But really, it's it's just a, like a black parallel or an African parallel of like like European monarchy. Yeah, it's like a fairy the, tale. The, like this like British. Just, uh, yeah, of course. Exactly. Yeah. It's just African and black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I did I, wonder though how James Earl Jones, the king, like earned his money. What's their trade? What's their business in Zumanda? Yeah, I've thought that too. I but, like, mm-hmm. but what's the, what, you know, they, they have servants in England too. That's and, true. And so of I found my, it myself. It just must be yeah. some down the line. You and I have been to Ghana. We have. Together. We, we've both been to And there's very, we stayed in a very wealthy part. Yep. We drove out to the, you know, the mud hut places that you see. Yep. So the rural they, communities. I think if you're, if you're rich, you're rich. And if you're poor, you're poor. Like, yep. I think they did a really smart move in the movie. The scene of the guy at the concession at the stadium, seeing him and like freaking out. Love that. Because it showed that the people of Zamunda love him. 
that yeah. he's not like, oh, I can't, like throwing, like it could have gone another direction and throwing things at him. And But he's like, no, he's like, oh, this is yeah. the greatest day of my life. And then turning it into just a man I met in the bathroom. What was Eddie Murphy's best character of all the people that he played? Besides Akeem? Besides Akeem, yeah. If you okay. had to pick one of the side guys. I feel like you got a really good one in your back I don't pocket. know. I, I feel like there's arguments the, for all of them, so I'm curious. The leader at the barbershop, he, he was the most kind of entertaining, outspoken. Like, he made mm-hmm. me laugh a few Give times. Give me the options. Is there any characters outside the barbershop? There's I feel like Randy Watson. The singer. Who, to me, is the best. Sexual chocolate. Okay, so fine. The leader of the band. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, the children. Sexual chocolate. Yeah. While that, you're that, I'm, I'm jaded too much by Dave Chappelle in that part. And we will oh, get to that part. Interesting. Yeah. To me, I'm saving him for the things we maybe didn't quite oh, like. Oh, interesting. I love sexual chocolate. That's interesting. So you like sexual chocolate? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm so fine, don't you Mike agree? On that one. Um, All right. I also loved uh, the other gag when... So he breaks up the fight, I believe, in the uh, or the Samuel Jackson's uh, mu- like robbing the it's another, McDowell's. Yeah, Samuel yeah. Jackson. And I always forget he's like, even though I've seen I the movie know. a million times, it always is like, oh yeah, the Samuel Jackson scene. And Akeem and uh, Arsenio's character, I can't remember his name, uh, they break up the fight, and then afterward, Seven. McDowell's like, "You done real good today, boys. I'm having a get together on Sunday. Come by the house." I'm like, "This is cool. This is like <laughs> awesome." I remember feeling like good because I would feel really happy to be invited to the boss's house, and then fucking like smash cut to them as the valets. Yeah, they're there yeah. to be the help. I'm just like, this is such a fu- like. I didn't even see that coming. Like it that's it's also- such a funny comment on class and like yeah. power and expectations. And I, I again, like it was a great moment. Yeah. It always gets a big laugh where in that valet thing where he goes, that guy's hit us three times already. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is just a thing that regularly happens. I think it was even four or five times. Honestly. Was it? Okay. Because I made, my, I made yeah. note of it. It like, just was really crazy. so odd. You know, there and there was things too, because like obviously a movie that came out in 1988 and when, you know, we've all seen a lot of comedies, mm-hmm. you expect certain things to happen. So when, you know, she says uh, they're dancing and now they're into each other and they're about to kiss and it's the line where it's like, what about Daryl? And he's like, I'm not into Daryl either. Mm-hmm. You know that's coming, but Eddie's so charismatic. I still enjoy it. I just thought it was a clever line. Yeah. Like did, it did transcended like, comedy yeah. and was just like, "That's that line isn't making me laugh, but that's just a just cool really thing to say. Yeah. It, was, so it was a good part, yeah. yeah. And then he's singing on the way home, which is another classic like cliche thing, but then everyone in the neighborhood like yelling at, it's the same thing if you like, Things just being turned on their head over and over and over again in this movie. You could tell that John Landis really appreciated the cast too, because at the end he gives everyone their their picture, a scene, and their name. Yeah, you don't really see that movie, but this movie totally deserved it. Like when Samuel L. came up, obviously he's become a very notable actor in since this movie. But I was like, yeah, fuck, even Samuel L. with that minor part, yeah, he deserves. That screen time. It's totally funny bringing up John Landis because it's another famous thing about this movie that Eddie Murphy and John Landis like fucking hated each other. Yeah, the entire time while they were shooting, like they hated each other. But then they he came around and he but requested like for Beverly him. Hills Cop yeah. three, right? Like they eventually worked together. It's like again. you recognize talent. Well, and because I read about John Landis and him not getting along. Yeah, and it seems that what it was was Eddie was he was being a prick. Eddie, Eddie was being. And Eddie. John's yeah. like, hey. We're all in the like. It was almost like John was like, "You got to respect everybody on set." And Eddie's yeah. like, "I'm a superstar," you know. In that moment, Eddie or said some quote where he's like, "He came off a few shit films, so I just threw him a bone so he could direct this one for me." I'm like, "Come on, get out of here!" Yeah. He's such a like. It's but ridiculous. I think John's an egomaniac too. Sure, they, they must both. Have, yeah, but I mean, you yeah. have to be like that's like you're talking about the kind of attention to detail on this grand scale. Well, you involved. were just putting Eddie down and then but defending saying, John. No, I'm not. If I'm putting, I'm saying they're you guys both. are like the new Eddie and John Landis right now. <laughs> I don't know who's who. <laughs> what a chair. No, I'm just saying that. The, 
it's two huge personalities. It is. I do understand like that, that how yeah. they could not. Yeah. No one's going to give up the, the, the seat to the other guy. Um, another clever narrative thing. And, and I always wonder like how much people think about these things. And it's weird with a lot of movies. People don't put in the thought. But, you know, there's a point there where McDowell, the dad, becomes pretty fucking reprehensible in the way that he's trying to pimp his daughter out and he only cares about money. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we've liked McDowell up to this point. He's a very charismatic guy. We get that he cares about his daughters. And just as I like had put in my notes, like, wow, he really took it. Like, he's really reprehensible. They do something so smart where James Earl Jones tries to buy him off. He's like, what's it going to cost to make you and your daughter go away? And he does not budge. Like no, and I was waiting oh, for yeah. it to be like, I'll A give joke. you ten thousand. I'll give you ten. How about ten million? I'll take the money. Like I thought I was gonna yeah, get one of those. Course. He and hands him a check and he like I know. doesn't even look at the check. There's not no amount of money can buy my daughter off. Like, by giving him so that good. moment. It's powerful. By giving him that moment, they redeemed him so that we like him again. Like it was just so smart. I just thought it was weird. That we're gonna put that in the part I didn't like. Okay. We'll we'll get of over how that. he his what he did with his daughter or that scene? That he wouldn't take the money. The, I guess that he wouldn't take the money. It went against his character and it felt like a contrived move. All right, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, okay, is there anything... Okay, so let's go to... Uh, was there anything else comedy-wise that we loved? I mean, top... I loved everything. I, everything. Even something <laughs> so hacked hard. like cutting away to the dog, which normally I'd be like, okay. <laughs> it all worked for me in this one. Like I don't the know. dog chalk outline? No, 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 no. Uh, in the in that like scene Every where they're like, "Where's the daughter? Where's that?" They kept cutting to the dog sitting at the piano. Like it was like it was okay. a cute cutaway thing, but they always worked for me. Oh, another weird fact: James Earl Jones and the woman that played the queen are the voices of the Lion King, uh, yeah. Mufasa and his wow. wife. Wow! And there was another. There was a Darth Vader reference. As oh, well. in the movie. In the movie, where he goes like, uh, uh, "I think I've heard like the, the do not alert him to my presence. I will deal with him myself." Yeah, interesting. Um. Okay, last call for, uh, well, let's go best performer. Eddie. 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 Has to be Eddie. Got to be Eddie. Best scene? Barbershop. Uh, yeah, Joe do, Lewis. Do we Chris count Fox a scene as a guy singing like unexpectedly? We sure do because okay. that's what I'm taking. Yeah, oh. that's easily the that's, best. I'm not going to argue that. It's one of the best comedic scenes I've ever seen. I will say consensus that because that's high up there for me too. So I cannot believe I forgot it in the first place, but I will say now I will never forget it for the rest of my life. It's going to. It's burned into my head. It will become a reference point. He even winds. He just jumps into it. His face, like his commitment. It's the perfect voice because it's good, oh, but yeah. it's not great. Oh so my. Keeps it real. So like, he's been talking with this sort of like oh, deeper voice the whole time. Like very just, funny around And great. they did not dub in a voice. They no. kept a real the ambience of everything <laughs> is so, perfect. Yeah. And I thought about that when you, you mentioned attention to detail. I was like, they really paid and attention. You're hearing her dress yeah. kind of shaking as she's walking yeah. up, like all of it. Like love the audio quality in the moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, you know what? Obviously, we all really like this. So let's move to reasons to knock coming to America off the pedestal. What has aged badly? Uh, what was bad even then? And what are its flaws? Who would like to start? Because I think there are some flaws in this film, even though we just spent a, a half hour uh, well, talking okay. about how much just, we love it. I want to start just because it's fresh in my mind. Do it, boy. Where you talk about, okay, the Mc, McDowell dad character, the whole movie, he's fighting for his daughter to be with a wealthy man. And then at the end of the movie, he won't take money because he, he's better than that all of a sudden. 
they plant the seed of a scene though where she goes, Dad, you only care about him for his money. And he says, I just don't want you to struggle the way that me and your mother did. I yeah. want you Which to have a Which was a, a big life. deal. I remember that was a big That was a good scene and it laid some groundwork where you go, McDowell does care about money, but it shows why he cares about money because he All had right. to earn I his miss stuff. That. I miss he that. Sees right. a person, I must he have sees a milk husband that, that she that has money as a person who is good for her because he will be able to provide a her good life. Her life will be way her. easier it's than It's not his. about right. greed. Oh, I missed that part. I fucking I'll yeah. admit it. I, I went up and got a snack at one point. <laughs> thank you for your honesty um but yeah and i, I just it was just believable enough that it was like okay you, yeah i'll yeah. give i because I, I was looking for that scene yeah well one of the things that i had in my notes is i, I had a note and this happened i know with your favorite character what's his name the singer mr randy watson mr randy watson the, so we go to Joe the, the policeman on the what's going down episode of that's your mama <laughs> we, we go to uh, that's right we, that's how they introduce him which is all funny and we go to the community fundraiser this is where he needs to see her for the first time this is an important scene uh to show hakeem seeing her falling in love and we see the goodness of her and her qualities and i have in my notes like you know eddie has a lot of juice because that Randy Watson guy and his singing about the children went on way too fucking long. If I fail, if I succeed, you can't take away my dignity. I was I like, loved it. clearly they're <laughs> indulging Eddie's like, no, no, no. Like, this character is hilarious. But I just found it like the song wasn't funny to me. I was yeah. like, I thought it was like a caricature. And I was just like, we, we don't need this in this scene. It just feels like an indulgence where it's like Eddie's like, it stays in the film because it's hilarious. I just didn't yeah, think it worked. It's like keep the barbershop okay, but this yeah. this is just extra. Cut it down at least. I agree yeah. that it probably was for him for his ego, but I found it hilarious. And that and, and you know but what? I, I bet you a lot of people do. And this might be a culture thing. I could also say that it might very possibly be that I found it, which is again we talked about this with Dumb and Dumber, and again this might be a thing that I found so funny when I was like 13, that there's no erasing it from being funny The way, in my The goodness brain. it like, gives you. I, every time feel. I watch this movie, I sing along to the song <laughs> the entire time, right? And so, I mean, it's it's so hard for me to be impartial and take a step back and be like, is this not funny? Because like, to me, funny is funny. It just makes me laugh. Yeah. You know, it is a double-edged sword, though, in the sense that, like, indulging Eddie, because there's a scene later, and I even put this as I was like, the thing about, like, you know, if Eddie's like, no, 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 we got to do this soul singer guy and you're going to make this a five minute scene where I'm going to do the whole damn song. We also get the scene after he kisses her for the first time and he's walking down the street singing and yelling in the street and everybody in this is like, shut the fuck up. And he's like, he's so charismatic to me in that mm -hmm. scene where I'm like, that scene's even a little too long, but he's very enjoyable. in it. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and that that's why you have an editor. Yeah. And I would think the editor needs to know when things are too long and when things work and you take risks on set for that very purpose. Do you think he had like some creative say to be like, so like, I think he had all that the normally juice would have that been point. like a third, like two thirds of the length is all of a sudden it's now like, no, 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 no. You playing that. You are playing that entire scene. More than Randy that. Watson, every shot of Randy Watson's going in this movie. <laughs> More than that. He had the, the juice of being the hottest he's ever been. Yeah. So that influence does make its way into the editing room. Yeah, even if he's not there, they're afraid oh, to make those cuts. Of course, you feel that, yep. and, you, and you don't want to feel the wrath of Eddie if you mm -hmm. put a lot of work into something that doesn't necessarily work. Uh, so that didn't age well, right. to, in my opinion. Also, this film, you guys are maybe going to kill me for this, the, there wasn't enough laughs. Interesting. I wanted way more comedy, and I mean way Interesting. more. I was sitting there, not bored, we went just, for a snack. But yeah, I was <laughs> hungry. <laughs> I was eating. It was a little time. long with Eddie Murphy dancing <laughs> on that stage. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. <laughs> but I, 
it fe- this almost felt like it was a romantic comedy, which may- a lot of people could argue, but I just mean the romantic part. That part slows it slows the movie down. I will agree with that. For the laugh count. Where they're in the museum and the I know what you're saying. The a movie nowadays, for better or worse, would not have that big of a lull without laughs. Like I was like, where is the next joke? Honestly. Right. Super bothered. But it by got that. me more invest. I mean, I, th- I guess the idea is it got me. It's the, I feel like there's a lot of movies that try to hit too many jokes so often that it kind of the story kind of runs out of steam by like the second act. So I'm just kind of like you're beating me over the head with jokes sometimes. I know what you're saying though. I have thought that that's been a constant thing my whole life that once it gets to the museum date in particular, that's the place like in particular where. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, I didn't just slows that. down. I, don't, I, I enjoyed I mean, spending I it, time but, with those two yeah. and I kind of liked the, the, the development. And I laughed when he, uh, there's the photo of him in the display, like as the prince. And so he has to like kiss her and it's hide her from seeing. Oh, and right, he's yeah. literally like on with yeah. his dad. <laughs> yeah. That stuff worked. But but I, I guess I get what you're saying. So you want to hire Joe, Joe, Johnny, do you have anything? I have two major issues. I, I have one more too, but I'm not so going to well, say because we might, we, no, yeah. no, you go. My, we might my have the biggest same. one. My yeah. biggest one that like that I've thought before and now that I'm thinking, thinking if, if Lisa McDowell yep. is so great. And she's this great person. <laughs> yeah. Why is she with this piece of shit? Like he's kind of sweet though. He whips a milkshake at Akeem like right in front of her. Yeah, and he's that's like, true. And he's like saying the thing about like, oh, uh, must be someone wearing clothes. Wearing clothes must be a new experience for you. What kind of games are y'all playing after? Chase the monkey. He's being like weirdly racist. Oh, soccer, that's a cute sport. And she's just sort of sitting there like, oh, you know, like I understand that her dad has pressured her, but if well, he like did, well, okay. Uh-huh. Just I agree with made, you. To she me, never felt like she was all in with him, though. No, I agree, and and she was there for dad. And he, and I think I mean, he's I'm a typical bro. I, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm with you though, because I thought about it. I go, I did think about that character, and I think he's more like a typical bro than most people. And he was a dick at the basketball game, mm-hmm. but I think it's because he was starting to be threatened by a king. Right? Mm-hmm. Why did she invite him to this? First of all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, and also the hand job scene was kind of weird oh, with the oh, sister. Oh, I was good, just going to say, thank you for bringing that up. What was That scene was acted horribly. <laughs> it felt like a deleted scene. Every expression and nuance was wrong. Do you think she was rubbing him wrong. over the jeans, or do you think she had his dick out under the They didn't the, know the what the fuck they were doing. <laughs> yeah. Ask those actresses. They don't even know. And Eddie was off. Like That was a deleted scene meant to be. Uh, very weird. Yeah, the whole and and, and it, it really messed up the Daryl character for me because it was like he was like that must be weird for you to wear clothes was so like oh my god if like if this woman is so great if she's the woman that he's been waiting for that's the kind of woman who would stand up and be like you absolutely cannot say that to him yeah. it's just the kind of and I, the milkshake one that's the thing that gets me no he yeah, that's a good whips point whips a milkshake that. at her friend and it goes all over him and she uh, she just sits in the car like that was a but she was the on, woman of she his was dreams? on her way out. She never acted like she was crazy about this guy anyway. I know. Every just, man, woman, and child gets blinded by ass once course, in their of life. Of course. And he's a good looking guy. Ex- exactly. He was good looking. He had money. She's obviously going to take a lo- And her dad loved Everyone him. does that's, that. And, yes, of course. I do get but it. I that's just the mean, reason she was inching towards Hakeem because a lot of people too. And that was a realistic element. Instead of flat out breaking up with somebody, they kind of tip their toe yeah. in another world. And she went yeah. to Hakeem yeah. like right away. Exactly. Like she, so, had, she had already been liking. Of course, I just meant it would be pure bullshit, and I'd be, totally agree with you if she ever showed that she was really into him. Like she was more than pissed when the dad announced the engagement. Yes, I just. I mean, I just wish when they threw the milkshake, there was some like, "Are you kidding me?" Like some some cutaway something of her like <laughs> reacting was, to this 
horrible thing. Maybe there was a deleted scene and they replaced it with the handjob scene. <laughs> like, no, this is the good scene. Well, no. they had to cut it because of that singer. Uh, the uh, you know the, the the speaking of that engagement thing where that was the beginning of the end, and then Akeem goes out to her and she's on the swings, mm-hmm. and he he asks a question. I don't know if I have my notes about. Uh, about Daryl, and she's like, "I'm not really too interested in talking to Daryl right now." And he gives the look, like, "I'm in." I'm in. <laughs> like, like it's over. Like yeah. the way that, like, yeah. you know, you see this all the time on like social media now. Where it's like, you know, when she takes her boyfriend's name out of the Insta profile, it's yeah, like guys start dancing or whatever. <laughs> right. He embodied that in 1988 yeah. by just her kind of her subtly being like, "I don't really care much what Daryl thinks right now." Whatever she said, and right. he just kind of like had a, mm-hmm. yeah. It was it was just clever and stuck with Eddie's sort of uh, psychological foresight that you get out of his comedy. You know when he does the whole thing about when a woman's going to cheat, she's going on a vacation by herself. Yeah, it's like he has all these insights that he just makes yeah, it happen with 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 the, with the sort look. Of comes real. But what what was didn't the other you thing? like? I didn't like. Uh, I thought the montage of the women in the bar early on when they go out in New York. Oh, uh, I thought that great. was terrible. That that I was like. Is it going to continue like this? Why Why are these women putting on a, a clinic oh, for him? First misstep. So I was into it, and I was like, ooh, yeah, okay. At least I have great. something I don't it's like. It's not hilarious. Yeah. There, there are individual jokes in it that are funny, but it is Fuck one of those the jokes. It's just nonsensical. Yeah. Two, and why have two sense, sets of twins? Yeah. Two twin jokes? That's <laughs> I guess that's nuts. true. The first one didn't work. Well, the second twins were Eddie being the twins. Oh, was it? No. no. But it, but it, he insisted. <laughs> I was not fooled by that. Mike. No, but but uh, Arsenio did show up, obviously. Oh, yeah. Ugh, and it's just like, that doesn't age well. That anyway, it's just boring. A- that does not age well. No, and it's just yeah. boring. I was just like, there's nothing funny going on here. It's like, again. It was just let Arsenio be in a dress and then look how funny this oh, is. Oh, yeah, that, and, but yeah. I, the whole montage yeah. to me was like, all right. So yeah, that was on my list of do not likes. I also didn't like because there there was a great attention to detail happening in the film that I thought if the luggage was to be stolen, which is very predictable in a movie like this, especially knowing what we know now, maybe in 1988 it was kind of more of a revolutionary joke. But I thought there'd be some explanation behind it, like oh, are you the bellboys or whatever? There wasn't even that. They just walked in and left their luggage. Well, out. they've been living in this like they they okay. never in their life show me a scene where they go. Bellhop, and then they walk away. They might not know what a bellhop is, or who? These princes. Okay, prince, take our luggage and right. walk away, and have all these guys take it. Right. I needed some justification. Because I mean, this is a guy that doesn't. Why they leave it out teeth. there? I, mean, I see what you're saying. It felt like another movie that established a different style of humor, much in the same way that dating montage. Yeah, that was from a different movie, and I can accept that in a different film. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, it feels like this odd style of humor that was crowbarred in. I hear you. I'm with you. Well, again, like because because yeah. like we said, like when they take all the luggage, you go, oh, this is you know hacky. Maybe it's not hacked then, but it's kind of you've seen that gag mm-hmm. a bunch, especially throughout the '80s. Uh, but yeah, to me, the, the sweet spot, as, as long as it got us to the point where everyone in the neighborhood in Queens is wearing these African garb, it's, it's worth it. Yeah, it worked in the end, but I could have uh, accepted it. I feel like yeah. this is a movie that did try like a, like that kind of joke and like both bigger jokes and little like in the moment jokes. And I feel like there were there were absolutely hits and misses. And it's one of those, as long as we get more hits than misses, we're fine with the misses. Here's a question. Why not just use McDonald's? Is it funnier as McDowell's? The or McDow- can they not oh, get the rights? I was going to say, I know that you yeah. said before how you like the McDowell's jokes never worked for me at all. I never like laughed. Like, would, like, would it have been better if they just worked in a McDonald's? I think yeah. there was a legal reason. They, sure. They took over a Wendy's. Yeah. And but, uh, but, they were going to make it a McDonald's. But a, remember at one point in the movie, there's a photographer who takes a picture and they yeah. Like yeah. chase him away. Apparently that really happened. So they incorporated that into the movie. Oh, really? Because McDonald's people were harassing them. 
So well, I, interesting. I do believe oh, they had to change it for legal reasons. Interesting. I just didn't find it. I mean, there didn't must have add been any some comedic insider value thing. For you. But I, exactly, I'll, why not just make it a McDonald's? Like, what difference does it make? But I don't question. think they hammered it home for laughs a ton. No. Yeah, I just. But, but it's just not. There. Then what's mm-hmm. the point? Then it's I just think for it's flavor, what I was saying. Yeah, I guess it's just. It just seems so. I think it was functional more than for yeah, comedy's sake. An- another thing I kind of found f- interesting was there- there's time. So, you know, Akeem and the Arsenio character, they have this interesting relationship where it's like, at times it seems like they're on the same um, level as far mm-hmm. as the dynamic of power. And then whenever the prince needs to be the prince, he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, get in your place, servant. Subservient. Yeah. I felt like it actually paralleled a little bit of Eddie and Arsenio's relationship. I'm like, this must be what their actual uh, relationship is like, where they roll together, they're great friends, they have a laugh together, they get up to shit together, but then when it comes down to it, it's like, he's still Eddie Murphy. Or even just any of his like entourage guys, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, he's just used to having a guy, but I'm always the guy. And it could be a reach, and it seems like, oh, he seems like a pretty benevolent like guy. Like, he's probably awesome with his entourage, but at the end of the day, like, when I'm Eddie, Eddie. wants, I'm Eddie, yeah. and now it's time to do something. But yeah. I feel like he only did that when uh, Arsenio was being a bad friend and taking advantage of the relationship and his kindness. Like, I don't think uh, Eddie would ever take advantage just when he felt like it, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, because the Arsenio character wanted to do his own thing. He's like, we're in New York, let's spend money. He had we wanted to have free will, and Eddie's like, this is the plan, and don't deviate. We are deviate. here for a reason. Yeah. yeah. So that that was sort of like semi trying to just like, well, I mean, we're like 40 days yeah. of fornication. Like, we want to do like something <laughs> crazy, right? <laughs> it was like, I haven't had sex in whatever, yeah. so how many days or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't remember the exact number of days. But yeah, it's just the idea that to, to, to semi, this is a nightmare. Yeah. I thought we were going on this great vacation to America, and I'm like taking out garbage and, and cleaning out grease traps. Yeah, so any other bad stuff, guys? There's one other thing that has bugged me forever. Hit us. Which is that at the end, the huge part of the plot hinges on uh, uh, Akeem's father showing up and saying, do not alert him to my presence. Like, keep him at the house. Do not let him know that I am here. It's important. It's very important to the king. Do not let him know that I'm here. And if, for all, you must believe that the king is smart and is surrounded by lots of smart people. How could he possibly not know that Akeem would figure out with a giant, A, a giant row of petals everywhere, and then B, the fucking note that Semi leaves on the door, we're at the Waldorf Astoria. <laughs> so clearly Akeem is going to know. I mean, any rational person, you don't even need to be smart to know, he's going to know you're here. Right. So it just seems very, that was just, the, the, the did not make any sense. A hundred percent Akeem would know that they are in town, right? Well, he My knew crazy. right away. Yeah, but, yeah. The, but the king, they assumed that, there's, that the Akeem wasn't going to know. They're going to trick him. They're going to like catch him at, at, right, at, right, at right. McDowell's house. I was a little put off at the very end, and this is very frivolous, uh, grasping at straws a little bit, but when uh, Eddie's wife now, he's married after mm-hmm. the ceremony, and he's like, were you really willing to give it up for uh, to be with me? Oh, no. She asked him that, right? Yeah. And he's like, yes, I was willing to give it up. You have to do an American accent now. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, he's like, yes, I still will. Uh, And then she's like, nah. I was like, ugh. (laughs) She was like this pretty pretty delicate woman. I was like, is this her true colors now? Yeah, that that turned me off a little bit because I had a huge You saw the woman that fell in love with Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there she exactly. was. She is. Exactly. She's been there the whole time, man. You know, uh, in my notes, I have, gold I have. She's still alive, by the way. I checked it out. Really? Inexplicable yep. what happened to her career. Wow. She, she married, was amazing. She, she was married. Amazing. Uh, she married Eric LaSalle. Uh, <laughs> so in my notes, I have the ending is stupid and a leap of logic too far, but it made me feel good. And I genuinely laughed when uh, McDowell jumped up on the uh, dais with the yeah. king. 
You know what I mean? So right. like now, because she reveals herself. And I was trying to figure out how did they sneak her in? Because he's surprised when she opens the veil. I mean, this is a, they seem to have endless amounts of money. I'm sure they could figure out right. something, right? Right. Some right. private plane to some airfield. And yeah. 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 Anyway. I know what you mean. It's a fairy tale ending yeah, yeah. for a movie that even, even though it's a fairy tale, most of the movie hasn't been presented in this sort of easy way. No. My, minor concern. Yeah. You guys want to get to it? Yeah, man. Uh-huh. Okay, so we are in the uh, the major point now. Uh, we got to decide whether to keep it on or knock it off the pedestal. Uh, do you want to start with me? Go for it. Okay. Thanks for asking, Mike. <laughs> um, so uh, my feelings overall, this is a movie about class, character, ambition, pride, and it's hilarious. And I think it's still relevant today. Uh, and I think it, it resonates and it made me laugh my ass off. And I would 100% show this to people. And I forgot that I liked this movie so much and that I would show it to people. And it's the sort of movie now when I get drunk in the next you know, six months, I'm going to tell everyone, have you seen Coming to America lately? And I'm going to say, like, fucking watch it. It's hilarious. So for me, it stays on the pedestal. And I didn't even know that it really belonged there in the first place. Well, let's face it. We got Pops here in the wings, and he's not taking this off the damn pedestal. He watches it every week. <laughs> and his Mensa buddies come over. <laughs> but I really do think that this movie's overhyped. I think, Ooh, and I know how Mike does get after a few drinks. He wants to show scenes, and he gets excited <laughs> in movies. You're going to do that, and you're going to be disappointed with a lack of laughs. There's going to be that wow. one part, which is going to kill. Yep. This is a YouTube movie. It has certain parts that needs to be compiled in the YouTube part. Beyond that, it's too long. It's too boring. It's a good movie for... It's a, it might it might be bordering on really good. But this isn't a movie I'm going to say, kids, you have to watch it. Because I'm going to be that dad who's excited to show their kids some classic. And they're going to be kind of bored. I don't have that confidence. Not even that drunken confidence to show my friend. But I would absolutely say that... This is a classic movie to YouTube scenes and show. So I would advise you to do that instead, Mike. People tend to agree with you because it's only 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, which was surprising to me. I felt yeah. like that was low. Yeah, that is. Low. It was bad. Like at the time, they they like yanked. Uh, there was something where they didn't screen it for, for critics because they thought it was going to be so bad and they were so worried about bad reviews. So I do yeah. understand that there's... But so what is your official... He's not oh, off. It's it's off. Off for you. Well, pops, what do well, you think? Hey, he might surprise <laughs> Drum us. Roll. I think this is one of the, my favorite movies of all time. Full mm -hmm. stop. It's one. It's either it's one of, if not the funniest movie I think I've ever seen. And I still, like you say, I watch it all the time. I think it's incredible. I mean, everything you said about its cultural impact. Yes, but it's also just straight up to me one of the funniest movies, one of the funniest things I've ever seen ever. So. Yes, on the pedestal. But I, the funniest part for you is when the guy sings or no? No, no. I mean, I, I but it's, probably... It's, told you, it's when the dude sings. The barbershop to me, oh, but a, it's probably queen you... queen to be like this, probably the, the, the funniest scene in the movie. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and just kind of one last thing is it's like a movie like this that, you know, opens up in Africa in this place and it, it's full of kind of tropes. And I think it could be way more offensive in 2017, it's mm -hmm. kind of insane how innocuous, and maybe I'm not the person to say it's innocuous, I'm not African, I don't know, mm -hmm. but to me, I was kind of like, oh, this isn't going to go well, and I thought it was like harmless mm -hmm. in the same way people might depict like British royalty or anything yep. like that, which it's interesting, it's aged uh, pretty harmlessly. Well, I think Eddie wanted to totally pay tribute, and he was probably sick of 
movies like that just making fun of it too much. Yeah. I think nowadays a movie would actually be more of a like skit like yep. if it was an African yep. person. Yeah, like I'm sure like again, trading places in Beverly Hills, I'm sure he was tired of playing like black guys are always like the wisecracking smarmy, like like that kind of guy. Like why can't the why can't the lead of a comedy movie that's a, a, that's a black guy be just a smart, articulate guy? Like why like I'm sure this movie meant a lot to Eddie Murphy, a hundred percent. All right. Well, it is staying on the pedestal. Oh, well, guys, what's the line? Oh God! Every time, <laughs> and every time you don't know what it is. It's time to close the the book on that. Well, yeah. guys, it's time to close the book on that. <laughs> and just in case, well, guys, it's time to close the book on this one. I think that is line. I think the one is in there. This one.